0: Welcome to the Church for All Nations podcast, streaming live from Tacoma, Washington. We're so excited you joined us today. We hope you're encouraged by this week's message. Ladies, it's week five. It's week five already. Already. And it is time for us to dive into this next session of a Shepherd's Song, Lessons of the Desert of Psalm 23. Ladies, welcome, welcome. We are so excited. We only have one more session after this week. I can't believe it's kind of gone by so fast, hasn't it? Yes. Yes. But I've loved our time together. And I want to start today with giving an illustration that I've used so many times. And I will teach this for the rest of my life because I, I believe that the Lord has shown me so clearly the power of this And I know that he'll do the same for you. But I brought this diamond that I've used in women's Bible study before. But just in case you're new and you haven't heard me teach this. In the same way, this big fake diamond has all of these different faces. If you can see, there's all the different facets of this beautiful fake gem, right? (laughs) I want you to think about the word of God, not... In the fake regard. But think about the word of God in the same way. Scripture for us has so many faces, friends. In fact, most rabbis would teach that every passage has at least 70 faces. And so in this study, here's what I want you to gather. What I'm presenting are just a few of the faces of each passage that the Lord has shown me through teachers that he's put in my life. And so in no way am I negating the other faces of scripture. And so I don't want you to embark in this study and think, oh, every other teaching I've ever ever heard on the 23rd Psalm must be wrong. No, 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 no. The Lord shows us all of these beautiful faces in his word for a reason. And so often he'll show you a new face, a new facet, of his living and breathing word that's relevant for the exact season that you're walking through. Amen. And so today we're going to look at some really powerful faces. Faces that have been so impactful in my own life. And my prayer is that they, they'll they be impactful for yours as well. I'm going to give this to Miss Peggy. We're going to dive in. Psalm 23, you can open your Bibles. We're going to recap a little bit, starting in verse... One, we know it's a psalm of David and David writes, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, meaning I lack nothing, nothing that I need. Mm -hmm. Amen. Mm -hmm. Verse two, he Mm -hmm. makes me lie down in green pastures. We know what that looks like now, right? He leads me beside the quiet waters, Mm -hmm. away from those loud waters. He restores My soul. He does. Not me. Not somebody else. Amen. He guides me in paths of righteousness or straight paths. Why does he do that? For his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the, say it, shadow. Right? It's not the valley of death that will always stand out to you now. It's not the valley of death. It's just the shadow that he's trying to cast on it. I fear no evil, for you are with me. The quiet of him being with us. And here's what we're going to look at today. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Mm -hmm. Your rod and your staff comfort me. This comfort that the shepherd's rod and staff are supposed to bring to us If we are his sheep, I want to look at that today together and see some pictures that I believe the Lord has for us in this passage. You know, my favorite, one of my favorite movies growing up, and most of you are probably familiar with it, is Home Alone. Anybody remember that? In yes, fact, yes. Pastor Jeff talked about it a few weeks ago too. Uh, love that movie. It Still terrifies me a little bit when I fly with my kids. Right? I'm looking. Okay, got both of them. Right? Uh, only two. Got them. We're good. But I was thinking this week about the part in Home Alone where Kevin, the little boy, the part where he's watching from afar the older man on the street. Do you remember him? Yeah. And he had his shovel his snow shovel and he had the actual trash can that he was pulling and how kevin had been told all of these crazy stories by all the neighborhood kids and his cousins and they had made up all these stories about that old man that made kevin afraid of him now kevin had never even encountered him in a personal way but he was already terrified of the old man just because of the stories that other people had shared. And we find out in the end of the movie, the old man was not only wonderful, but he was one of Kevin's allies, right, Right. saving him. And had he known, might have changed the entire story. But because of the stories that the others had told him, had everything to do with the way he perceived the old man. This week I was thinking too about when Pastor J.F. and myself lived in Miami, We had rescued um, a sweet dog uh, from some of the dog fighting rings, right? That was so big in Miami. And I remember we went into one of the rescue kennel places and we found this precious dog and we brought him home. And I remember this sweet dog had walked through so much trauma that when I would get the leash down to take him for a wonderful walk through our neighborhood that sweet dog would start shaking. Mm -hmm. And he would wet all over the floor. And I thought, Lord, how terrible Mm -hmm. that something that should bring this dog joy because of the way someone else dealt with the dog, because of what someone else did to that sweet puppy, his reaction to something that should be encouraging, exciting, comforting was actually fear. And I thought about how often those two stories play into the way we view God, right? The things that other people have told us about him, the things that we've been taught about who God is and what he does, or maybe even the way someone else represented God to us has made us fearful now of the God who is our ultimate ally. He is our savior, our shepherd, and has so many amazing things for us. And I love that the psalmist, I feel like understood this in a way and made it clear in what we just read in Psalm 23, the last part of verse four, the psalmist made it a point to say, Lord, not only are you my shepherd, but your rod and your staff Comfort me. They're not something I'm scared of. They are a comfort to me. And we might think that it's odd that these tools served as a comfort to a sheep until we begin to unpack how they were used. So I want to talk about that a little bit today. In the Middle Eastern shepherding world, My understanding is that a shepherd would only have two tools at their side. It would be a rod and a staff. And I have amazing examples because my team is awesome. This is an amazing example. Pastor Bill Wolfson left this for us. I know. I love this thing. And we have it displayed in our office. But this, I love this example of what a rod is. Now I want to unpack a couple of illustrations of how a shepherd would use a rod and how I believe the Lord uses this symbol in our lives. The very first use and I haven't listed here to drive away predators. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay? So we're talking about this would be a weapon, right? <sighs> okay. To drive away <laughs> predators that are trying to attack The sheep to command authority, right? His authority as the shepherd and protecting the sheep. Another (coughs) amazing way that the shepherd would use a rod would be to actually show clear boundaries to the sheep. Now, unfortunately, we've been taught that the sheep might be beat or hit in some way and everything that I've studied in every sort of cultural context would say that no good shepherd would ever do that but what the good shepherd would do is to set clear boundaries for the sheep nope you're not going there that's dangerous right and so when we talk about striking a rod so often it was striking the ground to set clear boundaries so often and that's so important to understand The other element that we'll talk about extensively a little later in this talk is the shepherd used the rod to closely examine the sheep. And I love that picture. But what's so beautiful is that I believe that the rod that the shepherd used is so often illustrated in our lives as the Word of God. The rhema and the written, right? What we talked about. And I want to make sure that we understand the picture here because the Word of God, His spoken word and His written word over our lives do exactly these three things. Yes. They, his Word has given us authority to drive away the predators, yes. the enemy that would come to attack us. Yes. His word does that. It gives us that authority. And he commands that over our lives. His word also gives us clear boundaries. Goes, nope, you're not going there. This, this is dangerous for you. I want to protect you from this. His word does that. His word also closely examines us as sheep, right? It helps us understand More about what he's calling us to. The other picture here is the staff. Now, the staff is different mainly because of this crook at the end, right? And the staff was used in similar ways, but also really distinctly different. One of the first uses of the staff is to gently draw the sheep to him. To a closer relationship with him. Do you see that picture? Of just tucking that sheep's little body and going, no, 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 no. Come closer to me. The other beautiful picture is that the staff was used to draw sheep closer to each other. Mm -hmm. Into relationship with each other. One that might be weaker saying, Oh, hey, hey, I want you to get closer to this stronger one. This is going to be important because where she's strong, you're weak, and where you're weak, all of the things, right? And knowing that as a shepherd and knowing which ones need to be drawn into relationship with each other. And what I love, too, is this beautiful picture. This staff is so much of what would draw sheep into the correct paths. But listen to how beautiful this is. What the shepherd would do is take this staff and gently hold it next to the sheep and slowly guide it mm-hmm. onto the right way. Mm-hmm. Not grabbing a sheep by his yes. neck. No, no, no. It's just that presence yes. of yes. that light, light. Light pressure on the sheep's side to guide slowly back onto the right path. Mm. Now, how many of you know this is what the Holy Spirit does? Doesn't he? Think about it. He draws us Uh into relationship with him. He draws us into relationship with each other. He has that that discernment that he lays on us that goes, Oh, I think she's one that I need to know, (laughs) that I need to get close to, right? Uh And the Holy Spirit gives us that nudge. No, 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 no. This is not the right path. I want you on this one. I want you on this one. What a beautiful picture. His rod and his staff. How they comfort us. We'll see if that stays. I believe the psalmist gives us the next three pictures that he lists in the next passages. I believe that he gives us these three pictures to articulate to us exactly just how comforting the shepherd's rod and staff should be in our lives. And some of the reasons of why they might not be and helping us understand that so that we can be the sheep that he desires for us to be. The first picture that we're gonna talk about today if you're taking notes, is the table. The table. Pictures of how the shepherd's rod and staff brings us comfort. Let's go back to Psalm 23. Starting at verse four, scripture says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of of my enemies. I talk about my family a lot. And my mom, you guys, I just wish every single one of you ladies could get to know my mom in her fullness. She's so incredible. And she's the quintessential southern hospitable belle. Amen. Right? And so if you show up at my parents' house, it doesn't matter what time of day. It doesn't matter what day of the week. If you show up, she's immediately... Within ten minutes, gonna have three meats and five vegetables and ten desserts and two casseroles on the table. Okay, it's gonna be, and you're like, where did this stuff come from? Like, how how does this appear? She's a magician. No, that is my mom. Right? It's so beautiful. No one can prepare a table like my mama, mm-hmm. and I love that. And for most of my life, this was the picture that I had when I read this passage. And while it's not wrong, I have a different face yes. that I'd like to present to you today. Every part of this psalm is written with intentional shepherding pastoral pictures. And so, so most of my life when I would read it, it seemed bizarre to me that the psalmist would stray so far immediately just out of context we're talking about sheep everything to do with shepherding and then all of a sudden we're talking about a table like how many of you have seen a sheep sitting at a table (laughs) not me and I used to show sheep in 4-H come on (laughs) I'm telling all my junk now no but I believe that the psalmist actually didn't stray from these shepherding pictures and I want to show you why so, one of the most desirable places in all of the Middle Eastern desert for shepherds to get to bring their sheep to to graze are these beautiful plateaus. Yeah. They're plateaus that are found throughout the Middle Eastern desert and they're known for their lush grasses, yeah. they're known for their abundance. But because of that, they're also known for their dangers. Yeah. How many of you know, if it's good for the sheep to graze there, it's also good for these predators, right? These animals that would love to attack sheep. Those are places that they want to be. And what's so amazing about this is that when a shepherd decides that his sheep are ready for that plateau, he goes ahead of them and begins to prepare the plateau. He goes before them. And starts to drive away the really dangerous predators. I'm told he actually goes and fills in holes with rocks that he thinks his sheep might trip and fall into. He goes and sets up those guards to make sure that his sheep won't fall off of the plateau. He prepares the plateau. Well, what I was able to find is another word for plateau was mesa. Mesa which is table, yeah. Yeah. Wow. our good shepherd yes. prepares a table yes. for us yes. in the presence yes. of our enemies. Yes. I love that incredible picture. Look back with me. Psalm 23:5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You prepare this table while the enemies are there. I got to tell you, friends, if you are in a season today that you believe God is, I believe God is calling each and every one of us to a new level. I believe he has for us these plateaus, these next levels of what he desires for us to walk into. And so often because he is preparing that, Because we don't see it yet, and because we can hear the enemies already, we lose hope. Can I tell you that if you can hear the enemies, then you are close. You are close because he is preparing that place so that all the things that the enemies would try and trap you with will no longer have their hold. If we can hear them, then we're close. I love that. There's something about the presence of the enemies that I believe the Lord uses. And we're going to talk about that in just a second. He lists next what I believe is the most important picture. The most important part of really getting to the place where we understand that his rod and his staff are a comfort to us. Yes, his rod and his staff, they take place in that preparation of the table for us, that preparation of that next season, that preparation of that next level, that higher place where we go to new things in Him. And this next picture is so powerful in what I believe the Lord wants for every single one of us so that we can begin to understand just how much comfort His tools that He uses in our lives, how, how comforting they are. Number two, the picture here is the oil. Amen. So we have the table. Number two, we have the oil. Psalm 23, 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. So he's preparing. And then the next thing he does, you anoint my head with oil. You anoint my head with oil. Many of us, especially if we were raised in church, We're familiar with this idea of the anointing of God being a precursor to him taking us into that next level. Even with David himself, right? He was anointed king far before he was able to walk into that kingship. Amen. So we understand that. And I'm not saying that that's not the picture here. I believe it is, but there is a more shepherding picture that goes hand in hand with exactly what the Lord is saying here. It's, a function of the rod. And it's referenced, you can go and look at it tonight in Leviticus 27:32, and it's also referenced in Ezekiel 20:37. It's called passing under the rod. Yeah. Passing under the rod. And what would happen here is as the shepherd was counting his sheep, he would hold the rod out. And have each sheep pass under the rod. And it was a part of counting, but it was also part of an inspection. Mm -hmm. An inspection of the sheep. So I want you to see this picture. Because what would happen is as a sheep would learn to trust his shepherd, as the sheep would allow not only the shepherd to truly lead him or her, But allow the shepherd to get close. What would happen as the shepherd would count the sheep is he would take the rod and run the rod down the middle of the sheep's wool. Mm. And he would part the wool and he would look into those deep inner places. He would part the wool and look at the places that no one else saw. Come on. The places under the wool oh, yeah, yeah. where he knew disease and pests yeah, yeah. like to get in. And what's so interesting, I love this picture because friends, this, I see this every day of my life yes. as a pastor. Yeah. What happens in the shepherding culture with the sheep is that there are specific types of pests that would attack the sheep's head. Mm. Come on. There are specific pests that would attack the sheep's head, not in a way that anyone from the outside could tell right. yeah. other than the sheep. Mm. And the pests would crawl among the sheep's head and lay eggs under the wool. Mm. And often lay eggs in the sheep's ears. And when those eggs of the enemy, when the eggs that the pest laid hatched, what would happen is it would torment the sheep so much so that often shepherds would find that these sheep would ram their heads against the sides of cliffs because they would rather die than deal with that torment anymore. Often they would literally run off of cliffs just to be eased, from all of the torment. So what would happen is that the good shepherd would part that wool and he would look for those pests. He would look for the eggs. He would look for the disease that the pests caused. And then if he saw any hint at all, he would anoint the sheep's head with a specific oil (laughs) now my essential oil mamas out there are gonna (laughs) love this because it was a linseed oil and an olive oil mix that to this day the shepherd still yeah. use yeah. and what's so beautiful is that the shepherd after taking that rod and parting the wool the shepherd would anoint the sheep's head with oil and then that oil would flow over the sheep and it would not only drive the pests away it would cure the diseases that were caused by the pests And then this is so beautiful because the shepherd would do it daily and it would keep the pests from coming back. It was preventative. Do you see that picture when we trust the good shepherd enough to allow him to take his word, to allow him to have the Holy Spirit in our lives and search us in such a way that we allow him through the facade. We allow him to look at those inner parts that nobody else knows and he says you know what this no 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 this is not for me this thing is laying eggs that will hatch and I don't want you dealing with that torment so we're gonna pluck this out and what does he do he allows his holy spirit to pour over us not only just to rid the pests, friends to cure that disease to keep them from ever coming back Friends, if we can grasp this beautiful picture, man, the Lord is so good to us. David said it like this in Psalm 139. He said, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You, you did it before, right? And then at the end, he says, Oh, and I want you to do it again. He asks him to continue to do it. Look at verse 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me. Know my anxious what? Thoughts. Mm-hmm. Check my head, Lord, for yes. those things that have been put there that aren't from you. Those yes. things that have laid eggs in my Come ears and yes. I'm hearing them now. And Come I know on. it's yes. not you, Lord. Yes. It's the yes. enemy. Yes. Right? All of those elements. Well, Lord, yes. search me yes. continually. Let yes. me know and see if there be any hurtful way, any pain in me. Yes. God, yes. is there disease that's there yes. from the past pests? Yes. Yes. And then lead me in the way everlasting. Lord, take me to that table that you are preparing. And the Lord says, you know what? I got to clear your head first. You, Jesus. You. you can't be ready for that next level that I desire to take you to until you let me anoint your head with oil. Until you allow the Holy Spirit to get in your thoughts in such a way that not only were all those past things gone, but the future, he cannot come back because the oil is there. Oh, the picture, friends. I get so excited. There's no coincidence that the oil is applied to the sheep's head first. Yes. Because so much of the next levels that the Lord desires to take us to have everything to do with the way that we think yes. about him. That's good. Yes. With the way that we see everything that he's leading and guiding us to. Yes. And that's the last picture that the psalmist gives us in this passage. That I want to impact today. And that last picture. Is the cup. Psalm 23. Back to verse 5. You prepare. A table before me. Mm -hmm. You prepare that next level Lord. You prepare those next things for me. In such a powerful way God. But you do it in the presence of my enemies. (laughs) You drive out certain ones. But there are certain ones that you leave there. yes, You've anointed my head with oil and as a result, my cup overflows. Yes. My cup overflows is a Hebrew phrase that even to this day, it's an idiom and it means I have such an abundance of good things that I'm legit overwhelmed. Well. Like I can't even take it. When I stop to think about Everything that God's done for me, everything He's doing for me, everything He's giving to me, I get so overwhelmed that I can't even take it. Yes, my cup overflows. How we view and think about this season of preparation, it matters. He needs for us to view it in light of everything that he's giving us, everything he's doing for us, everything he's prepared for us, we have to see it in a different light, friends, or we're gonna miss it. We're gonna miss it. And I believe that if we shift, even the way that we look at our enemies, I believe it will change every part of our lives and actually will allow us to walk in the fullness of not only what He's creating for us, what He's preparing for us, but the comfort that everything He's given us actually allows, that comfort. I need for you to understand, this is a lesson that the Lord has taught me recently. I mean, in the last two months and I shared it with a couple of the pastors here, I, it was so life-changing for me that I knew that the Lord wanted me to share it with each of you. I knew that. The reality is that if God allows something in your life, He will use it for a purpose. He will use it for a purpose. And friends, there's a reason that scripture tells us in this passage that he prepares that table in the presence of our enemies. Yes. And I believe that the Lord is calling us to look at even our enemies different. Yes. So often, especially in, in this area of the world, you know, we're incredibly privileged. <laughs> we're just so incredibly privileged. And so often we will regard people as enemies just because they annoy us. Right, <laughs> just because they're frustrating for us, right? Right. Right. right? If we feel like they oppose us in any way, yes. then they're our enemy. The Let's be honest. That's, yes. That is the truth. I, I fall prey to that all the time. But I, want to, <laughs> I want to give you this tool that one of my favorite teachers unpacked for me not long ago and that I actually keep on my phone as a reminder. I have a recorded version and I have a written version. That's how important it is to me. And this teacher shared with me, he shared it. I feel like it's for me. Anybody know what I'm talking about? He wasn't talking to me. He was. He shared that, that what if we began to think about those obnoxious people in our lives? What if we paused and thought about the most annoying person that we have to deal with right now in this season? The one that gives us the most hassle? The one that gives us the most frustration? The one that keeps us up at night? (laughs) (laughs) The one that literally we feel like has our exact prescription of being the most obnoxious in the world. What if we thought about those individuals as our teachers? What if we, and I know, it's painful. You're like, yeah. Like, I want to amen that, but oh, that doesn't feel great. And sometimes we say it, but we're like, no, I can't do that. I'm there. I'm with you. But what if we did? what if we thought about that person as a gift oh that one hurts too i'm going to give you three categories that so often these gifts fall into these teachers that might be why the lord needed to anoint your head with oil while he's preparing that table for you In the presence of these enemies and these questions might help you to realize just how much your cup does overflow how much God is giving you how much he has done for you and that even in the people that you view as your enemies he's got gifts and lessons galore and I'm gonna read some of these the first one this is the first category Of This person, do you have this person in your head? Don't say them out loud. (laughs) Think about this person in your head. Ask yourself this. Why do they annoy you? What is it about them that gets under your skin? Don't say that out loud either. Just think about it. What is it? Do you know what it is? Now, is that same thing present somewhere in your life? Is it anywhere in you? Do you have some fear somewhere deep down that you are that same thing? Is that why they have such power to irritate you? Has God allowed them in your life to help you see what you're scared might be true about yourself? Are they holding a mirror? up to your life and you don't like what you see, that is a gift, friend. That is a gift from God to prepare you for where he wants to take you. Okay, maybe that's not it at all. Okay, still got that person in your head? Maybe it's not that. Maybe it's something horrible that this person does that isn't anywhere in your life. But here's what I want to ask you. Why do you care so much? I mean, tons of people do horrible things. Why this person and why this one thing that they do? Why? Why does it bother you so much? Does this person infuriate you because God is calling you to do something about that specific issue or thing and you aren't doing it? Is God allowing them to be a massive flashing sign to wake you up and point you to that assignment that he has for you. That thing that he's calling you to that you're not doing anything about right now. And you can't stand to be around that person because it reminds you. It's a flashing sign of the assignment that God put in your heart and you've been fearful to step into is a gift that flashing arrow is a gift and maybe god is allowing that person that you've deemed an enemy in your life to say don't forget what i called you to that's why you feel this frustration in the bottom of your stomach and you can't even he said that's for me that is for me this is a gift we've got the mirror we got the flashing sign. Yeah. Right? I have to think again, I'm a picture person. I gotta think about it in pictures. This last one I kinda see as a sailboat. So maybe it's not the first two. I literally, when do you know that your pastor gets crazy annoyed sometimes? Yeah. I gotta go through these now. Like literally, I do. And so often. I realize that the Lord's using these people, this person, whatever it is, as a gift. But I got to go through these exercises. Last one. Maybe it's not the first two. This is the sailboat one. Does this person make you nuts because they are free in some way that you are not? Wow. Ouch. If you are honest in your heart of hearts, You resent them because they are flying in a fullness that you want to, but you still feel tied up. (sighs) And every time you're near them, you feel like their very existence mocks you because you know that God's called you to be living in that kind of freedom, but you aren't. Why? Is it because you're scared? Is it because you think his rod and his staff aren't what they are? What's keeping you? This person, friends, is not your enemy. This person is a gift. This person is a gift. You know what? Even in studying this passage, it was so clear to me that this concept of enemy, did you know that God has given us the power To change our enemies let me show you how scripture talks about loving your enemy right we're commanded to do that did you know that the second you love them they are no longer your enemy you want to eliminate your enemies all you got to do is love them because if you're really loving them then they are not your enemies anymore you want to eliminate someone you make the choice to love them you make the choice To see that your cup is overflowing because they are in your life. You make the choice to view them as your teacher and your gift. And they are no longer your enemy. Friends, this is what the Lord is teaching me. I have to practice this every single day. And I got to tell you, friends, as I get better at it, the enemy loses in my life when I realize just how comforting everything that God has for me, every way that he is leading me, how comforting they are. I am so much more willing to walk into everything he has for me. I want to pray for you right now. His rod and his staff. Friends, it it doesn't matter what you've been told. Maybe someone represented God in a false way in your life. Friends, we do your best to forgive them and let go
1: of that picture.
0: Because his bride and his staff, they comfort us. Lord, right now I ask that you would speak powerfully to every individual watching, Lord. That you would help us to realize that you do prepare a table for us. God, you prepare this mesa, this plateau that is so extravagant. Lord, that it has things that our minds can't even comprehend. You're calling us to new levels, Lord. You're calling us to higher places, Lord. And that you are preparing that for us even now. And God, if all we can hear right now is the enemy... Lord, in our heads, maybe it's those pests that he's He's put there and they've laid eggs not just in our heads but in our ears. And, Lord, to the point where we hear actually what the enemy said. God, we just ask right now that you would use your amazing Holy Spirit anointing oil. Lord, that would not only rid everything the enemy would try and put in our minds, Lord, but even those eggs, the things that are just the tiny little thoughts that are waiting to hatch, God, that you would rid our minds of even that. Lord, and that we would allow you and your word, God, that we would get in your presence. We would get in the scriptures. We would listen for that rhema word in such a way, Lord, that that rod is parting our wool and that you're inspecting every part. And God, that we would be willing that we trust you fully, Lord, because we know that everything you have for us is a comfort. It is comforting, God. Thank you for your Holy Spirit oil, Lord, and that you do anoint us continually. It's a continual inspection, a continual anointing in such a way that it prevents the enemy from putting any pests in the future. Lord, we thank you for that. And God, we just ask that you would help us to see just how overflowing our cups are. Lord, that you have given us so much. And Lord, even the things that we see as those frustrations, those, those things that we see as those people that we see as our enemies. Lord, that you would help our minds to be retrained. Yes because of your anointing oil that our minds would be retrained to think about them differently to see them as the teachers and the gifts that they are lord and that they are not allowed to even be an enemy if we choose to love them thank you god for the power of your word thank you lord that your tools that you desire to use in our lives god they are not tools of punishment They are tools of comfort. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in every person's life, God. We thank you for where you're taking us. Help us to be open to everything you have. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Wow. What a practical word. It was so good. We hope that it hit you just like it hit us and you have some tools to go through the week. If you are not a part of a circle group, please join one. You still have this week and next week. Totally go to our website at cfan.church and sign up today. You won't want to miss this. See you next week, ladies. See you next week. Thanks again for joining us. To hear more messages like this one, be sure to subscribe and check out our podcast channel. For more content and to connect with us, go to cfan.church.